And then that's when they had a real good season. They go 10-3. and three, They go to the Alamo Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, Jed Fish gets picked up. Now we're in kind of a situation of turmoil, like, what do we do now? And that's when he was just like, Dad, you know, I'm going to enter the portal. And we were, the whole family was scared, man, because you don't yeah, know. That portal you know, is you, crazy. It is. You're walking out, you're taking a leap of faith, and you're like, man, I hope so. And then he got that phone call. We were like, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. Took the trip, and there was nothing else to see, man, Washington. As a parent, so now the mindset, because I got, I got two daughters, I got three girls, and yeah. two in ASU, but – as a parent with a kid in the, in the, in sports, how do you talk to them about the alumni ness of a of a university, yeah. the historical factors of a university, and then the educational educational purposes? Yeah. Do they still hold rank and file, or do they just kind of play the part that the scholarship came? It wasn't an edu- it wasn't a it wasn't an education scholarship, but it was a football a sports scholarship, and now this is the primary process in the the headhunter process. Now you're the being recruited every year after, you know, it's not yeah. like you was recruited once. Now you've been recruited every yeah. year because of the transfer portal. Yeah. How does to. that how does that affect you as a parent? It's tough, man. Like I didn't even start dealing with that until this year. I mean, it was it's been out there, but that's your top tier guys. You know, that's that one percent of guys that you hear about with this big yeah. money. So when it finally came to our doorstep, it was just like, it was overwhelming. It was the first time for everybody, you know. He called me and he was in like this full on panic mode. I had to talk him down. Then I had to go through, okay, so before we make this decision, you need to go talk to the head, the new head coach. You need to go talk to the new D-line coach. You need to talk to the defensive coordinator. You need to make sure you check all your boxes because we don't want to burn any bridges. And the same time, I'm reaching out to guys that I know who mm-hmm. are coaches in the NFL, a couple agents that I know. And I'm like, hey man, like, my, this is my son. You've seen him a couple times. What do you think? And you get you get honest feedback, and and sometimes that honest feedback is like, "Ow, that hurt." You know, it is as a parent. You know, to hear somebody. You know how it is when somebody's yeah. we watching film and somebody tells you, "Well, you kind of suck." And mm-hmm. I mean, then nobody said he sucked, but the number one thing is his weight. Mm-hmm. It was always his weight, but. You know, every all the feedback we got was very positive and that they felt like, you know, he could handle it as long as he put on the weight. So, you know, it was a leap of faith. It was yeah. like yeah. I got as much information as I could. You know, you went and talked to all the coaches. You didn't really feel like that this was the place for you anymore. It's a new staff. You got to impress new people. You have to go through all this. And so he was like after a lot of consideration and, you know, family talking about it and just discussing everything, he was like, I want to enter the portal. And it was scary. I mean, it was scary because we didn't know. And once he entered a portal within 24 hours of him being declared in a portal, you know, they called him yeah. from Washington and it was like, oh, thank God. Because, you know, that 24 hours was stressful for everybody. Brother, you, you answered the question and I still feel like as, as an alumnus of any university in this in the country, I'm nervous. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm nervous that the kids that we have, the ability to watch the kids grow up and my kid fall in love with this school because of, I've watched Russ Davis play since he became a freshman. I saw him put on 40 pounds and 30 pounds of that was muscle. He became a beast. He got to be a junior, a senior. And then the next thing you know, he's you know he's all American. He's yeah. D tackle. He's going for you know prop, possibly for the Heisman because he put yeah. it here. And my son, who might be 13, 14, 15, now watches that and says, "If he did it, I can do it." Yeah. And then I want to also play for the university. Bam! Yeah. And now it's like it's as a parent, anymore. you you just kind of like 
every year. I don't know this mm-hmm. is my son going to graduate on time. Does is he strong enough mentally, emotionally, and disciplined to be able to stay focused toward the task, and yeah. then also graduate, yeah. or does it become you know the opportunity is so good financially as yeah. well as amateur pro-ish i can't say professionally but yeah, yeah. but it's it, like semi pro yeah. right as a but it's you know you can pay like a pro so professionally yeah. <laughs> that it works and it just feels like it's you know as a parent man i i would be i it it would shake me and i it, I, it I, does. I understand the feelings you felt yeah it, it's, it's, it's scary man i mean like you're you when and you always hear a lot of kids, you know, the big money deals, and and that's the top one percent. Mm-hmm. But the majority of these kids are genuinely out there because they've been forced to. Whether it's a coaching change, and now you got somebody else new coming in, or you've been at a small university and now you've put in two years and you've shown yeah. that hey, I belong with the big boys or the big girls, whatever your sport is. And so now you have to make a decision based on okay, I want more exposure. I want to be able to make it to the next level, whatever that may be. And so now you have to make these real life decisions and yeah. business decisions of, okay, do I stay in this small market or now I have an opportunity to go to this big market? And you're making decisions that as a child, like you're like, oh my God, like this is so scary. But you don't, as a parent, I'd rather my kid go and follow his dream and chase his dream no matter where that takes him yeah. than to be stuck at a school where now it's like, man, I was doing so good mm-hmm. two years ago and now I'm at the back of the line. Yeah. Nobody knows who I am. It took me two years to build up this trust and to show the coaches that I can do it. And now they're gone and now <laughs> I got to start all over again. Now you cra- It's crazy, man. I, uh, it's that uh, damned if we do it, damned if we don't from right. an NCAA perspective. I would love to see the two, three year, maybe four year window where the – the finances that are given is absolutely changing the lives of the players because you know the, the the data on that has to be where you take the money now you leave and go to another school you take the money then you hop back in the transfer portal you go to another school and then again you might not make it to the NFL but did that money change your life, break, change your life yeah. to the point where you know you, it was able to solve a lot of the where where were we then as a family to where are we now and then moving forward with finances sitting in the bank. That's, that to me is becomes the, even if it's not even the top 1%, but it's right. still some monies out there yeah. that 50 to $100,000 changes lives no it matter what. It's very, very so. different. You know, I, I'm just glad my boy didn't have to make a decision based on money. I got you. He, he made the decision based on, okay, this is a coaching staff that knows me. They recruited me. They've mm-hmm. known me from day one. They love me. And for me, you, you hear – I've, I heard him talk about how much the strength coach loves him and how how the staff really cares about him. And you know, being being through it, you're like, it's okay, important. don't fall for that. <laughs> and that's kind of where I was. But yeah. then when we took that trip to go to Washington, and when he went to those meetings, I could see how they were interacting with him, and it mm-hmm. wasn't fake. I was like, wow, these kids. I mean, these they men care. really care about my son. Yeah. So for me, I was sold right then and there. It was like, okay, we get it. This is Washington. The facilities are amazing, mm-hmm. but. To actually have somebody say and show that they love your kid and really have the best interest for him, it was for me that was the selling point uh, immediately. So see, man, we already started talking. So I <laughs> go. I wanted to just start with you, like <laughs> just talk about your career. But we started yeah. talking about that. But look, let's just let's just start with like the very beginning. I say the beginning, but when you came out, you know, high school, like 
what were the schools that you looked at? Being from Fort Lauderdale, you know, you went to um, Auburn. Like, you didn't want to stay close to home. What were the schools that you said, okay, here's my top four? So, you know, you, you I took all five of my visits. Mm-hmm. I visited Miami, Tennessee, Pitt, um, Florida, and I visited uh, I visited Auburn. Um, I was intending, I told Coach Spurrier to save me a scholarship. He was my fourth visit. Uh-huh. And I said, Coach, save me a scholarship. I got one more visit. I made a promise to Auburn not to go see him. He said, hell, son, Auburn don't <laughs> throw the ball. What you doing? They got they got six starting, they got six number one running backs in the country out there. And I said, I do, I know, Coach. But I promised Coach Die, I give him a visit. Uh-huh. And um, I wanted to go to Miami. Like, I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Dillard High School. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't raised in a, in, a, in a terrible neighborhood or anything like that. Um, my mom and dad were pretty much middle class for the most part, or just maybe just a little bit below that. Come from, I come from six. It's six of us, four boys and two girls. Um, but the reality was I knew in my lifestyle of what I had seen all the way to my senior year, I was surviving. Even though I wasn't raised in the in the projects or the gut or we call it the gub yeah, or yeah. nothing like that, you know, the ghetto or nothing like that, I was. Um, but where I was going to school at was always where my where my teammates was at from little league football on through. Um, I needed a place where I could live and not survive, and that's what I was looking for in a university. I mean, honestly, you know, you you go out and Miami showed me a great time. I had a wonderful visit. Yeah. Coach Erickson was the coach over there. They had just won the national championship. Florida was right that right down the road. I mean, Gainesville from Fort Lauderdale, Florida is probably a little quick four-hour drive, not not much at all. Um, I went to Pitt only to see snow. Really? Wow. Ne- You're Florida. a Florida boy. You I don't want to see, see no I, snow. But I'd never seen it. So it was like, well, you know, yeah, if someone's going to pay for it, <laughs> let's go. You know, you're going to pay for it. But I didn't go by myself. Curtis Martin happened to be on that visit. Okay. But three other guys from my high school, Brian Robinson, James James Bostic, and Calvin Jackson, all those guys, we all went on those visits too because uh, – they were really good to our, 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 from a university perspective, they were good to the players that had came from my high school. Yeah. They would give guys three, four, five scholarships and bring them up to uh-huh. get them out of, out of Dillard, but they, were, they knew they had a bunch of talent. And yeah. so I took it for a fun visit, saw the snow, said, uh, I'm good on this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was, was me at Michigan State. I was like, <laughs> I'm from North Carolina. You know, I'll take it. You know, because when I went to Michigan State, um, Oh my God, uh, Nick Saban was the coach there. Okay. So I bragged to my son all the time about Nick Saban recruiting me, mm-hmm. but as soon as I got there and I saw the snow, it was a big turnoff. Bro, I'm like, I'm a same. country boy. I'm like, I'm not used to this. I'm not a country boy, but it did the same. So I bounced, but Auburn was a, it was a good decision. You know, when I went, I felt um, they had everything I wanted in university. It was eight hour drive from, 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 from Fort Lauderdale. Alabama State was right down the road, 45 minutes. Tuskegee was 20 minutes down the road. Atlanta was an hour and 15, yeah. just taking the 20 that way. So I was around my culture and around people, but I was also around people from my high school. Most of my people from my high school, I come from about you know 5,000 graduating in a senior class. Yeah. So I wouldn't come from a small school. This no, is my I senior class. <laughs> and so that most of them went to Alabama State. They went to Tuskegee. They went over to Morehouse, Spelman, Clark. All those yeah. schools, so it put me in a position where I felt like I was close to family anyway. Okay. So, like, did your mom and dad, because I know, like, for me, yeah. my mom was, like, a big influence on why I stayed close to home. Like, mm-hmm. when you brought it to your mom and your dad and you were like, I want to go to Auburn, where they, like, all four, or where they were like, ooh, baby, we want you to stay closer to home. Yeah, I'm, at this stage, man, when I got 17, my dad already passed. My dad passed when I was nine. And then I get to, you know, I'm going through the process my senior year, 
you know, Russ, un unfortunately, somewhere along the lines, man, my senior, my mom got sick. She had cancer, so she didn't make it to none of my football games at all. Um, and then I played baseball my senior year. She didn't make it any of those. But while I was going through the process of my senior year, we were we went to the state championship. We were a really good football team. Um, but what she did, uh, when they came to recruit me, she said, Frank, you'll know. You'll know. One of the schools came and promised my mom, looked dead in the face, said, look, your son come to high school, you'll make every game. You'll never have to worry about a doctor bill. <laughs> before be NIL. This is before NIL. One yeah. of the schools came to me and said that. And I was like, well, my mom said, I know. Not thank you for that offer, but it's on Frank. Yeah. He gets to make the decision. Mm -hmm. And so I took the visit, man. Honestly, I, took, I went to Auburn on a fun visit. I wasn't going. But Auburn, Pat Dye had promised uh, one of the players in my high school mm -hmm a scholarship if he had graduated because he had a little situation his sophomore year that put him in de detention. And so no fault of his own. He was riding in the car and dude had some stuff and it messed him up. However, but he gave him the scholarship. Mm -hmm. And so then he promised he'd give him a scholarship if he graduated as a senior. Yeah. So when I saw that, I I, I honored that. I thought yeah. that because that's the little homie I grew up with playing. That's the big homie that played little league football with yeah. and ran track with. So. Yeah. To get him out of the get him out of Fort Lauderdale to give him a scholarship and then that I respected that and so I gave Coach Dye a visit. I got there on a the visit, man, and literally fell in love with Auburn. Really, really? Did. yeah, fell in love with it, man. It was peaceful. Like I just I none of the most of the universities I went to, uh, the Orange Bowl wasn't on campus at the time. That's when you played Miami played at the Orange Bowl. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the, the stadium wasn't on campus. Florida Stadium was weird and it was. The they, they, it was it was weird, but it was amazing in yeah, the part that say, it's nice. It's I mean it's it's weird, but and so the football players stay in the stadium. I didn't know that. So the football players stay in the stadium. Ninety percent of the freshmen and sophomores classes are in the stadium. So they build the stadium, and then they build like a college in the stadium. The weight room, the dorm, like the the players' dormitories, all in the stadium. So they keep everything in house. In house, yes. And wow. so, but I thought that was kind of, eh. but then we had community bathrooms. I was like, yeah, I got that. At the, I, I, I come from six. We got community bathrooms. <laughs> I know bathrooms. about sharing bathrooms. I know about sharing bathrooms. I'm passing on that one. So, but I did. Tennessee was great. Same thing. Um, good opportunity. Turf field. I didn't care for that. But yeah, yeah. and it that was, was rowdy. It was bad too. But and it was, but it was rowdy though. Like the whole whole visit was rowdy. Like when I say rowdy, like. Starting cornerback comes in in a meeting. He needs a stake on his eye because he got dotted up going to a bar with, with oh, some football players yeah. and a bouncer dotted him up. And then so guys had pulled out weapons and they was fighting in the thing. I was like, yeah, bro. I, I, I don't <laughs> want for me. I said I wanted peace, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when I finally visited Auburn, I mean, I had none of that. Everything was great. It was absolutely great. And then the dormitory was set in a position where we sat here the baseball field was there, yeah. and then the football field was like right there. And so when you walked out your dorm, you could see the baseball diamond, you could see the football field, you could see the stadium just right there, this massive yeah. piece of concrete right there. And I was like, man, this is, just feels like. Feels this, like home. Yeah, this and I had, for me. it was two two dudes to a, to a room oh, yeah. only, and then we had our own bathroom. So my roommate was James Bossick, ended up going to the Rams, played at Green Bay, won the Super Bowl. but. Came out of Dillard, my same high school, yeah. you know, and it was just, it turned out to be really good, bro. Really so when did. you got to Auburn, like, you, did you redshirt? Or I did. Did you play immediately? I, I didn't, but it wasn't that I didn't want to. They, um, I was, I was, I would, I was, I was pretty polished. My coach, I, Isaac Bruce, uh huh, yeah, was, and yeah. he was a senior yeah, before me. Isaac so Bruce Isaac was Bruce was a senior before me. Okay. And so in high school. And so I'm a junior, he's a senior, I'm watching Ike. 
Ike doing his thing. Yes. And so then I but our coach, I I coach Coach Bruce Bush was there and but he was polished. He's a former great high school, college receiver, yeah. went to the went to the uh went to the went to the uh not arena football league, but it was it was something else. It wasn't Canadian, but it was something else where he went out and played mm-hmm. in a semi pro league okay, similar yeah, yeah. to that. Kind of like the XFL. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Came back to college, came back to high school, fall out of there, mm-hmm. taught the receivers how to run routes. Oh, yeah. And so we just had like a plethora of guys going. And when I got to school, I was already polished. So I didn't red shirt. Um, funny story about my red shirt was that we was playing Tennessee um, in Tennessee. And, you know, in SEC, was, at that time, was you had to play. As long as you didn't play more than four games, yeah. your red shirt still counted. So hold on now. Was that just an SEC rule? Because I no. know – because I, I always – and this is maybe um, I am a little little younger than you, but I always thought that once you played a certain like was it one or two games, I thought that you would lose your red shirt. If long if you played one in conference game, you lost your red shirt. Oh, so they were done. And there. you can play you can you can play up to four games, but if you play one in one red one in conference game, you lose your red shirt. And that's that's what happened to me. I just happened to be standing behind the coach at the game. They had no intentions on playing me and nothing. I just was there, freshman just. In Knoxville, they yelling out good old Rocky Talk, Tennessee, <laughs> jamming out at 105,000 people in the stands. And one of the players in, in the huddle said uh, he come running off the field because his belt buckle popped off, and then Coach just turned around and threw me in there. <laughs> get in there. Get in there, Sanders. And I come running out there, man. I I come out, get the play. I come to the, I come to the line of scrimmage just on the edge of the numbers, man, and I'm going against the senior DB. I run up. I give my first good little move. He hit me so hard right here. <laughs> I run into the coach on the sideline. It's ten <laughs> yards of difference from the numbers. To, oh, I know what exactly it is. I gave him that move. Pow, pow. Oh. <laughs> pushed me into the coach. Pushed me into the coach that pushed me out. That pushed me out on the football field, and I lost my red shirt season, so I did not red shirt. But honestly, fast forwarding, if I was a senior and the level of my career and what I had done already, junior year, second team All SEC. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about all first that. senior year, first team All American. Mm-hmm. Bob Hope All-American, that kind yeah. of stuff. By the time I got there my senior year as a red shirt, it was time for me to leave anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what did you feel coming into that when you were All-American, All-SEC, you know, you setting these records for Auburn's receiving records mm-hmm. and catches and, and yards. Like, was there something that you did different in that year leading up to that that you didn't do previous years? Like, what was it that, that, that just sparked that in you that I went out here? Did you have the confidence now, like, I'm the man? You know what's funny, man? I, 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 there's two sides of it, right? So one, I'll say from a real personal perspective, um, we're watching the Philadelphia Eagles play the Dallas Cowboys in our dormitory. This is my junior year. Mm-hmm. And Emmett Smith runs, catch, he gets the ball downhill. He come down, He's coming downhill, and Andre Waters pops him. Like he just like Andre Waters played for the Eagles, yeah. one of the hardest hitting safeties. He fired on him, bow, and then Emmett's shoulder was hurt, and he got out of the game. Like he literally was in pain, man. You can yeah. see it, and he started he started running off the field, and he was running holding. He was man, he was in excruciating pain. Run off the field. They took him into the locker room. He came back, but he came back holding that arm, mm. but he came back in the game. Mm. That's crazy. So. That's just right, right? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and I'm a receiver, right? But that's crazy. And so, but it made me say, I can't get ready for these dudes. I, I got to get ready for that. Yeah. 
I, I got to get ready for that. I can't. I can't run Worry my routes. About college. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm. I'm past this. I already made second team All SEC. This is my junior year. My senior year, I said I can't. I'm not. Yeah, I'm playing for the next. I'm level. playing for the next level. So anytime I start working out and playing, I start vi- envisioning this route I'm running against is against Daryl Green, Deion Sanders, Rod Woodson, you know, um, James Taylor, uh, James 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 Hester. I'm playing against the guys that's already in the league. Yeah. So. I got to give more. I got to do more. Mm-hmm. I got to be ready for that level of play because this level of play, I've already, I've, I feel like I'm, I got this. If I'm ready for that, then I this got is this. Easy. This is easy. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how my senior year transitioned to. I didn't drop me. I didn't drop balls. They hit my hands. I might have had maybe one or two drops my entire senior year that a ball hit my hand. I just, I refused to drop balls. Yeah. I tried to run great routes. And every time they had a, a, a top tier cornerback against me, I I just want to work him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I got to give him that Deion Sanders. I, I can't out of my breaks, out of my cuts. The ball's coming. I got to make sure I can put my hands out here. Got to catch with my hands. I got to yeah. catch the ball and do something. So that transitioned me out of the mindset of like you know, you know, this is just me just doing what I normally do, and I, you know, just this is easy. I didn't want it to be easy. I had to change my mind. Yeah. Set about getting ready for the next level. And that's good because I remember it being in college. That's what I played. It was like. I'm playing against the guy in front of me. Like mm-hmm. this is this is who I'm challenging. This is this is my challenge. And so I never looked beyond that. It was like this is who I'm dealing right with here. right now. Mm-hmm. So to hear you say that I saw that guy get hit and I'm like I can't let that happen to me. Man. Like I'm not gonna get embarrassed. I'm not gonna get hurt. Like I gotta start preparing my mind and my body for that next level. The next level, bro. You gotta imagine, man. Like to play in the NFL, like. So just a small notation, guys don't run on defense. They don't run to the quarterback. They run through the quarterback. <laughs> if he's going out of bounds, watch it, you'll see it. They're running two to three yards on the other side of the white hash mark. Yeah. Y'all just trained that way because you're not running to get to the dude, you're running to get through the dude. You run through him. And so that part of a mentality is something different. Like that's not just something you just wake up and say – I'm I'm looking forward to ha- let that happen to yeah. me. You got to be ready for that action. So the next level is why guys make it is because they're able to transition their mentals to that next yeah. level. They and then meet that type of energy, not just twelve plays. No, no, seventeen weeks, not seventeen, but <laughs> yeah, sixteen 17, weeks. Yeah. Sixteen weeks, you know, and then not only sixteen weeks, seventy-five plays. Yeah, you need that seventy-five plays in sixteen weeks of a guy to show up. That's not easy to do mentally, emotionally, not at all. And or college, physically. But college gives you the opportunity where you can take a week off. You yeah. can probably you can go out there. You know, I'm gonna catch seven balls a day. You know, what yeah, I'm saying because yeah. you better than who you like. Yeah, I'm murdering. I'm gonna murder this little yeah, cat. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's two star. I'm five star. Two yeah. five. Two five. <laughs> you know, about to break him off today. And mama, I'm chilling out the third quarter. You know, what I'm saying like that's how your mindset <laughs> yeah. functions. But then when you got to work. You got that day. Somebody really got to play. Mm-hmm. You got to work that day. So I'm thinking maybe this might be a five catch game, but it might be five for seventy and a touchdown, but everybody's going to be watching. And that mentality is how you begin to kind of rise to the challenge. So, see, then, and that just speaks volumes to, like, when you got drafted. I mean, you get, what, you were 46, 47th overall? Yeah, 46. And then so you get to the Cardinals, and now you're playing from day one. Yeah. You know, look, man, um, my day one experience with the Cardinals was crazy because Buddy Ryan was the coach. And so this little (laughs) – he look, during the Senior Bowl, I went to the Blue and Gray Game Bowl, I went to the Senior Bowl – and I had good games. Dave Atkins at the time was the offensive coordinator. He comes over to me at the Senior Bowl. He tells me, Russ, he says, hey, I just want to let you know that guy over there, he likes you. I said, what guy? He said, the coach over there standing by the pole by himself. And it was Buddy. He was way back. Yeah. 
the other coach is on the goal line. He on the goal post leaning, watching. And I said, you know, I said, cool, cool, cool. He said, we were the Arizona Cardinals. I'm like, well, in my mind, I'm like, I don't even know who Arizona is. Like, I ain't, I'm a Fort Lauderdale kid. All I know is Miami, Dallas, Pittsburgh, you know, Washington. East Coast. East Coast yeah. teams. Yeah. I don't know no regulars. Oh, out West, what's that? So, right. So I um, I said, cool, coach, and that's what's up. And then he says, but look, keep doing what you're doing. I think we're going to grab you. And I said, okay, cool. But I went through my whole thing, processing. Yeah. Um, my first buddy drafts me with the second round pick. He takes Rob Moore with the first pick. Yeah. I'm egratiated just to get, you know, just to come to a team that's got another tall receiver yeah. with experience. Now I can learn from, right? right All right. I want to do is just have somebody that can just give me a little bit, man, give me a little bit of information so I can kind of figure this thing out a lot faster. So long story short, Buddy drafts me. I come out. I finally come out of out of the locker room because my agent didn't want me to go because I hadn't had a contract. Yeah. I go through rookie camp. I dominate in rookie camp. Yeah. Like I'm just bam, bam, bam. Uh -huh. Catch, 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 run, yep. run, run. I'm still number 81. He don't call me Frank. He don't call me. <laughs> yeah, you don't have I'm, a name. I'm, I don't have yeah. a name with Buddy Ryan. I'm 81. <laughs> Veterans camp. Veterans and, and rookies get together. We come out. Boom. They're out there practicing. My agents say Frank don't go because if you get hurt, the Cardinals won't negotiate at the right at the right number if something happens. I say I get it. I'm out, I'm in the locker room. The only one in the locker room. Yeah. Dave Atkins come in and says, Hey man, what are you doing? They're out there warming up, getting ready to go. I'm like, hey, man, my agent said I shouldn't go. I probably got to make a business decision. He says, look, hey, man, I told you I was coming to get you. I got a real estate yeah. agent named Jay Freeman. I got a guy, mm. I got a banker named Chris. I told you I was coming to get you. Buddy just wants to see what you can do versus the veterans. Trying to run interference between and you and your agent. He did it, right? He came in, he told me the story. I said, okay. He said, buddy wants to make it. He just wants to see what you do against the, the veterans. He's seen you versus the rookies, but he wants to see what you can do against the veterans. I said, okay. I called my agent back, hey, Pat, look, hey, man, this guy's talking to stuff. I would need to make a decision. He said, look, Frank, I wouldn't go if I was you. I'm your agent. I'm telling you. I said, well, I'm going to go out there and give it to him. Yeah. I put the phone down. I run up. I come out there. By the time I get out there, we run into one-on-ones. We ain't even – they already stretched. Yeah. They already stretched. Yeah, I haven't. Ready I to go. I got nothing. I got no patent goals or nothing. I mean, <laughs> I'm hopping in line. So the first three guys go, Rob Moore goes, uh, Anthony Edward goes, and then Chuck Levy goes, and then – I come out there, I'm coming, you know, ready. ready. I, my, my route was a curl route. It's only a 12-yard route. You turn around, drop your weight, and, you know, a little curl, boot, little button hook. I'm out there, and then the starting Lance Brown comes out. Cornerback, they drafted, like, in the same round. But uh -huh. he drafted, like, in the, I think Lance went third or fourth round during that time. But he came out, and then Buddy said, kick, kick. He blew the whistle and told him to get off the field. And he looked right at Lorenzo Lynch. This is Marshawn Lynch's cousin, you know, yeah. older cousin. He says, get him and put him in. Lorenzo well, comes out there. Do. Yeah, but Lorenzo ain't a cornerback, he's a safety. Oh. But Lorenzo comes out, and he stands off him like maybe 10 yards, and I'm on the, I'm, I'm at the line of scrimmage like, okay. And then right before the quarterback comes up, he comes running up to me, and he like this here, yeah, Rook, I'm about to knock you in the mouth, Rook. I'm about to knock you in the mouth, what's up, Rook? And I'm looking at him, I said, uh-oh, let me step back. I stepped back a little half a step, gave my little half a step, hike. I went up and gave him the move, came up, Phil, he was there. I gave him a little push in the butt like Michael yeah. Jordan did, your boy. Gave him a little push, turned around, the ball came, I caught it. I caught it on the ground, because it was like, you know, a little flutter coming out, I caught it. Picked it up, got up and jogged away. That was it. I never got tested again. Uh -huh. I never got tested again. I never, no one else came up, but got me. 
he never blew the whistle to stop. He never did anything. And Lorenz never said anything back to me after that. But I just went out to now. Now it's me to work. Now yeah, I got, yeah. Yeah, now, now you I proved yourself. Work. Yeah, that, that felt like that was it. I never had to deal with Aeneas on that level. But he gave me him, and he was like, yeah, we're going to knock you in the mouth. Mm -hmm. That was my very first. And I'm first. sure that's the clean version of it. No, that was, that was oh, it. Oh, that's all he, he said. Nah, he wasn't yeah. cussing nah, and carrying on. Okay. knock you in the mouth. <laughs> we're going to knock you in the mouth. I, man, I remember that to that day. I'm looking at him like, I'm looking at him like, he's about to break me off. <laughs> like, I hadn't seen that. Everybody right, right. else had been off. You know, one-on-ones yeah. -on with T-Knight and those guys, man. But this dude's standing off, you know, and he come running up like that. You know, that's the. That's the beauty of the NFL, because I say this with all honesty, and this is the one thing that you always want to protect as a parent. You're listening to it with your kids, or you listening to it just by the podcast. You have to protect your confidence. Yes. Like, that's what they try to steal more than anything. Like, yeah. they, they go get your confidence in, can you do it or can you not do it? You can't be afraid of the work, and you can't be afraid of the competition. Every battle loss is an opportunity to learn. Yeah. But more importantly, Russ, every battle loss is an opportunity to see where you at with it. Yeah. Do you really want that work? Yeah. And we see so many guys sometimes, yeah. man, that just they, they give up on their dreams or they, their dreams get taken away because that little that little hint of hesitation. Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about because that was kind of like my rookie year in Chicago. You know, my I'm starting. I'm like second round pick, mm -hmm. similar number as you, and so I'm starting day one. And I remember lining up in the huddle. I'm on the wrong side of the huddle. I mean, my mind. I'm mentally. I'm just scared. I'm, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Oh my god, this is what I've been mm -hmm. waiting for. And they're like, rookie, you're on the other side. So I remember going out there, and like you said, it's a confidence thing. Like. I was afraid. I was in my I was my own yeah. worst enemy yeah. and I believe that's what got me cut when I was in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So when I came to the Cardinals cuz that was my mm -hmm. next year I was in the Cardinals, I knew coming here I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah. I'm going to go out here and I learned from that and I learned that you know what I got my butt kicked and you know mentally I wasn't locked in and I had just everything. All of a sudden you're yeah. faced with all these real world experiences and it can be overwhelming. And it's great that you Talk about being a veteran guy helping these young rookies out because I didn't feel like I had that in Chicago. It was almost every man for himself. Mm -hmm. So when I got to Chicago, or excuse me, when I got to here to the Cardinals, my mindset was different now. Like, I got to work. Every day, you know, I'm not going to let anybody steal food off my plate again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's interesting, man. Like, it's a, it is a transition mentally and emotionally, an opportunity to live your dream. I, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I was really fortunate in a lot of areas. I did do say I, I – I got Rob Moore. Yeah, I got Anthony Edwards. That's you know, crazy because he was our. Um, what, what did he when I got here? Because I'm a little bit younger. Anthony Edwards was working with the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. He was kind of like player, player personnel. personnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. All these names like <laughs> T Knight, and you're naming all these people, and I'm like, wow, I'm kind of old. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're much younger than me, brother. So, but it's, that's the beauty. You know, that's just the part of the game, man. Those guys were great, gracious to me, and but I was I was an open open book as a rookie to try to learn. Um, but one thing I knew I wasn't gonna let him take, man, was my confidence, bro. Like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't on them, it was on me. Yeah. And I think there's a part, but again, like I walked into a room where I didn't know much about the team. Had I guess, imagine, I, look, Dallas had the 45th pick. Yeah. So I'm going in the room with, you know, Michael Irvin, uh -huh. you know, Larry Allen, Eric Williams, the whole crew that's in Dallas, yeah. you know, Troy Aikman. If, if they take me in the 45th pick, I'm not sure I give them four or five years in the league. I'm not sure I make it because Michael Irvin, he's from around the way from my house. Yeah. So, you know, the, you know that that to me is he went to St. Thomas Aquinas. He went to the U. I know Mike. He know my brothers and sisters. We know them. Like, it's not like it's something different. But I don't know if I make it because 
it's just that the, the, if the energy in Dallas was totally different than the yeah, energy here. No, no, I, I know, you know exactly so, what you mean. Right, and so <laughs> like you know that, but that's that was my, that's why I say I got I got real fortunate. But my mindset was, I just needed a veteran to give me just a little bit so I can get to that next level, and they did. Yeah, I when I came here, I would just remember when I landed. I, my whole focus was, you know what, you can't let that happen yeah. anymore. Like it was good that I went through that because it, it really kind of broke me down. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, I started for four games and then all of a sudden three games, I'm kind of coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. So now we're at week six, seven, eight, and now all of a sudden I'm not playing. And that was devastating, man. Like, yeah. I was just like, dude, I suck. Am I not going to make it? Am I not yeah. cut out for this? And being released that that off season, I was just, I thought my whole world, it came to an end. Mm -hmm. So to get another opportunity, another bite at the apple was like, dude, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. I'm I'm never going to let somebody, like you said, yeah. steal that mental toughness away from it's me tough, again. Man. It's tough. I've seen so many guys, man. We talk about it and it was, it's tough, man, because a lot of guys, man, you know, there's a couple of things I always say I hate to see as a guy, number one, get hurt because, you know, that is is is, is devastating emotionally and mentally. And then you have to have – the guy has to have the desire to want to come back. And yeah. to have to lose that is, is an injury to get cut by a team, you know, or then to also see a guy lose confidence. Yeah. Like to get cut by a team means the team don't want you. Don't mean any. That doesn't mean the league doesn't want you. Right. Just mean that, that team doesn't team, can't yeah. use you at this stage, or they got other plans, business plans. Yeah. To get injured, that in itself is a gut check. We saw Kyler Murray go through that this year. Yeah. It's a gut check. Starting quarterback, first round pick, overall, blah mm -hmm. blah blah. Next thing you know, you get injured. Now contract season is coming up. You just get your yeah. money. Now you got to prove you want to come back out and get it done, right? But the other part, man, is when. You know, you you realize that your dream is coming to a stop, yeah. Like that, because there's no other dream outside of this. Yeah. Not necessarily like you know. No, you, I know exactly what you but mean. But the yeah, dream yeah. of doing football. So I've been doing it since I was six. Yeah, since you were a baby. I've been playing football you know. so, so that part becomes the um, the caveat, man. When you can see guys, man, um, when they go through that window of time, emotionally, mentally, for him, family, um, spiritually, it, it it's dev it's devastating, but. Kudos to you, man. You come back, you fight. That's the part where you, you know, you look for the second opportunity and yeah. then you you go out there and build your career. But again, remember this. Like, no matter what, you're chasing, you're playing against your idols. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm like, glad you said that. You're playing your idols. Who who is now I I've talked about this to a couple people that came mm -hmm. on here. Who is the DB that gave you the most business. Like you went up and you knew if I don't come at my tip top best route running, if I don't run my yeah. routes the best. He's gonna he's gonna take my lunch. Now, Troy Vincent, Daryl Green, James Hasty, Dale Clark, Dale, Dale <laughs> Carter, Rod Woodson, yeah, Rod Lester Woodson. Hayes. Like they're guys, man, that like, you know, um that you just know like this is a work day. Yeah. Like this is a work day. Mm -hmm. And so that um Champ Bailey, oh, yeah. Charles Woodson, I can just keep going. Even uh D McAllister that came out of U of A. Like it's just Certain guys that you had a work day, like it wasn't like it wasn't always work. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. But this is a work day because yeah. you gotta because the film is not just for him; yeah. it's for the next six dudes mm -hmm. that's behind him yeah. that gotta see that I put work on him. You better bring your game. Yeah. And so when I watched what they did against other guys, I felt like that was my work day. They didn't make mistakes. No. Like that's the league. The league is like it, you know when you say you're professional. From an amateur, you you got that much room. But when you become a pro, you got that much room to make that mistake. Yeah. And an amateur, you got that much time to overcome that mistake. As a pro, you got that much time to overcome that mistake. 
once that guy gets you with that first move, mm-hmm. he's going to keep giving it to you until you stop it. Yeah. And if you don't stop it, it's a long day. It's going to be a long day. A long day. day, So I know know that feeling because I talk with some people (laughs) on here. And then they've heard this before. It's Larry Allen for me, bro. The first time I went up against him, I was like, what the hell? And so from that point on, that was who I always practiced against. So when you were talking about preparing for the next level, you know, that was the person that I always, when I'm lining up and I'm going against a guard, I'm going against Larry Allen. And then – you know, I'm not. I think Eric you Williams. were still here. No, not Eric Williams. Um, uh, Leonard Davis. Yeah. Were you here for yeah, him? I was here. Okay, that got me ready to play yeah. against those guys because he was so big. It was like that really helped me, and I was like, I remember in practice being like, man, this. Is a- Oh, he's a low. But when I went against those guys, it was a little bit easier. Yeah. It was just a little bit, okay, I've, I've been dealing with this all week, 350 pounds, so I'm okay yeah. with this. The <laughs> value of having other good players on your team, right, matters because they, they train you and they make you better. The league doesn't really have scout teams. Yeah, It's not like college or when you have a bunch of, you know, walk-ons and scout team guys you're just kind of working through and kind of beating yeah. up. That's not, no, not no. using that. Thank you. For every scout team person <laughs> that was out there, thank you for all that. Yes, and I absolutely. Do, I do this all the time because I got a bunch of guys, man. I, they, we still we still chat on Facebook and Instagram, and I always still say thank you, man, because the stuff that you had to go through to get on the team wasn't the stuff I had to go through, but you made me work every day, and I appreciate that. So that's just the difference. And when, but when you are going against Leonard Davis every day, yes, the yes. next dude you face is a little bit easier, a little a, bit a easier. lot easier. Yes. <laughs> so as we get ready, you know, I'm going to wrap it up here a little bit, but I want to ask you a question. Like, if you could leave, uh, uh, I guess, a parting information or some parting wisdom with a young receiver that's in college and that's dreaming about making it to that next level, like, what would that be? What would you tell him that something you learned as a receiver that, you know, what work ethic or how you run your routes, what is that little piece of advice you would give that person? The most important part, which is the most simplest thing, and you're going to testify without a doubt, you must learn how to read defenses first. Yeah. A cover two's been a cover two since Little League. A cover three's been a cover three, cover four, cover six, cover zero, (laughs) cover one, cover eight. They all the same. They don't change. They either go man or zone. But when you see them, you got to trust them. Because once you read the defense, in defense, you can go and tell them the truth. You must do what you're supposed to do. You got zones you got to cover. You got areas you got to cover. And everyone has to drop to a spot. If you're from the inside to the outside, Every route that every route you're getting ready to run, if you know how to read the defense, you're gonna know how to attack the DB or attack the linebacker and get into your route without a whole bunch of drama. But if you don't know how to do that and you just think it's all athleticism, you're cheating yourself. Like literally, you're cheating yeah. yourself. The number one art of combat, man, is know how to. You know, they say you take karate, you take kung fu, you take tai, you take all of that stuff for one purpose that it becomes a defense mechanism not really having to fight. Right. But if you learn how to be counterintuitive to it, it makes it so much easier. Me knowing how to read defenses put me on page with my quarterback. Yeah. It allowed me to know when it was a cover two and I had a and I had a middle route, I can either speed to the middle or I can slow down in the middle and he'd know where to throw it at. Like that puts you on the same page as your yeah. quarterback. And anything else outside of that, your athleticism, your skills, your gifts, your talents, don't short the work. Just don't short the work, man. Like it's just like you can't all that in your mind about dancing and celebrating. Yeah. That's yeah. all secondary. The idea of a receiver is he catches the ball. If you don't catch the ball, you might as well run track because they fast. <laughs> like that's what a receiver does. He catches the ball. You don't catch the ball, 
go run track because you're not running against landmines. Yeah, those are y'all out there waiting to blow us up. Oh, and I, I don't, well, you know the new rule changes now. You know, still, I was a pull the flag. Well, all it takes is one. <laughs> make you ask. That's all it takes is one. All and it make takes you is one. <laughs> make you question your job. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, brother, I appreciate you coming on here, man. Thanks, Thanks a lot for having man. me, man. Absolutely, that's no what's problem. up. Thanks for tuning in to The Route. Don't forget to subscribe and connect with us on socials for exclusive updates. We'll see you next week.